Coming up in Need to Know, it's time to bring back the sun with our resident astronomer, Isaiah Webster III. In all the fields, we're done being the disposable Black love interest on your favorite white shows. And in Goddard Zoo, we want you to go beyond the binary, the podcast that encourages you to know, feel, and do to live your very best life. This is Ward and Webster. Hello. Hello, Bianca. How are you? I am okay. Today's episode of Warden Webster is brought to you by the letter T. I couldn't remember if I did T last week. It's T today, though. It is T? It is. Okay. I am feeling, despite my brain being tired, ah, uh, tired, I am feeling terrific. And let me tell you why. I have worked out every day this week, sometimes twice a day. I am back in my workout bag and I really like it. My amazing accountability baddies, as I call them, have really been supportive and we've been encouraging each other and getting our steps in and drinking our water and working out and shit. And it has been really good. I've worked out more this week, like every morning at 6 a.m., than I have in a long time. So I am feeling terrific and my waistline approves. Well, this is good news. You know, I certainly approve of the working out. I'm not a morning person as you and the wonders know, but I'm glad to hear that you took our advice from last week to get out more, to get into the sun. And it seems like that's what you're doing. So congrats to you, my dear. Love to hear that. Great report. I love it. I love it. I will eventually start like taking my vitamin D though. You know what? It was nice. We got quite a few, I got quite a few messages from folks like, yo, I'm vitamin D deficient too. Black people. Yes. Well, yeah, I, as I think I said on the show, most Black people are not to generalize, but that's one of those yeah. safe generalizations. Continue to get outside, Black folk. We love it out there. Indeed, indeed. One little news item before we get into Need to Know. Uh, just before we logged on, Judge Cannon down in Florida announced that she set a mid-May trial date for you-know-who. This is the case involving the classified documents that Donald Trump and Melania stored in their bathroom. I'm specific about the case, Bianca, because as you know, there's so many. <laughs> so it's hard to keep track. Don't worry, I'm going to do a <laughs> so chart. <many. laughs> so at least one of the trials, Bianca, will take place before the election. As you know, Donald Trump is trying to push him off, push him off so that he can have the election before the trial. But in that particular case, the classified documents case, it will take place next summer before the election. So it's possible that he will be in the general election from jail. <laughs> That's a possibility. Because what a mighty God we serve. I just, <laughs> I, and what a way to kick off the summer. I want it to be a Memorial Day weekend, trial dates. I want to put on my white linens and sit in front of the TV because I'm hoping it'll be televised. Like I want, I want as much access as possible. Question, where is Melania? I'm pretty sure she's either at Mar-a-Lago or in her wing or at Trump Tower in her on her floor. She's enjoying living her best life. The same thing like, she's been doing this whole time. I feel like I have not seen until you said it really just now. I was like, oh, I forgot she was a thing. I have not seen or heard a peep. I hope she is. Um, I hope she's well. <laughs> 
Okay, let's get into the show because this is going to be another great. Well, for sure, the first segment is going to be good. We, we'll see about the it's other gonna two. Be the all the way <laughs> it's going to be great all the way through. In this week's Need to Know, Where is the Sun returns, and it's all about the ascendant. Today, we explain the difference between the sun, moon, and rising signs within your birth chart. For reference, wonders, if you haven't listened to the Zodiac episode, please go back and listen to episode number 24. It was published on August 7th, 2021. In the Zodiac episode, we covered what the Zodiac is. We talked about uh, some of the basics and a lot of that stuff I'm not going to repeat today, but go back to the Zodiac episode, episode 24, for reference. And Bianca, why I wanted to do this segment today. So we spent quite a bit of time on this show talking about the sun signs and the moon signs of your birth chart. And we've told the wanderers about how to do their chart. We're going to reference our own birth charts today. And just to give you the, the kind of short of it, most people know their sun sign. Fewer people know their sun and moon sign, and fewer people still know their sun, moon, and ascendant, or also known as rising sign. So, Bianca, what I thought today is would be a good way to layer kind of the information. We've already covered the sun sign and the moon sign. So today I wanted to cover the rising sign so that the wonders, and you, because I know you don't know, would understand how this interplays with their birth charts. So wonders, if you have your birth chart, go ahead and grab that. I'll give you a moment to dig that up. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have one, go to CoStarAstrology.com. You'll need your birthday, your place of birth, and your time of birth. You put that into the system and you can get your birth chart free of charge. You can go to CoStarAstrology.com to get a birth chart if you don't have one. Bianca, I resent you your chart that we did two years ago because your information is the same. The chart is the same. So once you've done it once, you don't have to do it again. And um, we're going to reference that chart here in just a second. Also for the wonders, I'm sorry, Bianca, you had a question? Just you're interrupting. I know, I know, because I want to be clear as I pull up my birth chart and I want to make sure that I'm looking at the right shit. <laughs> don't sue me. Um, <laughs> ascendant and rising, are those interchangeable? Your yes, rising the, Okay, just They're checking. the same things. I can explain why they have uh, two separate names here in a second, but they are the exact same. So, Perfect. and that's actually a very helpful question because sometimes it's it's uh, listed as rising, sometimes ascendant. So wonders if you see that it's the exact same. Thank you, Bianca. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you some basic information before we get into the charts, actually, Bianca. And for this today, I've chosen an article from a website called Shape. Bianca, it is in the arc for you. And for the wanderers, I'm just going to tell you the headline of the article, and then we're going to get into it. Obviously, I will share this on social media. So at shape.com, there's an article with the headline, your big three, what to know about your sun, moon, and rising sign. And so essentially it walks you through what the difference is between the three of those. Again, for the purposes of today's show, we're not going to cover sun sign or moon sign. Go to the Zodiac episode to catch a refresher on that. We're going to focus on the rising sign today. So Bianca, I've boiled it down to the simplest way to explain the three. So I'm going to offer this note to you in the wonders first. Your sun sign, which is where the sun was in our sky at the moment of your birth, your sun sign is your core identity. Your moon sign, which is where the moon was in the sky at the time of your birth, is your inner self. So moon sign is your inner self. 
Your rising sign, I'll explain what rising means in a second, but your rising sign is your external self. This is the mask that you wear for others. This is what they see when they first meet you. So let me give you an example. So Bianca, let's say that you're meeting a stranger for the first time. You extend your hand to greet them. When we say rising sign or ascendant sign, and when we say it's a mask, whatever personality that that stranger gets when they meet you, that's the rising sign. In other words, you're not going to give them your inner self, which is your moon. They don't really know anything about Bianca, so they don't really have your core identity, which is your sun, but they are getting an essence of you. They're getting that, that kind of like that filter that you give to the world. The filter we give to the world is known as the rising or ascendant sign in astrology. And the best way to understand it is the mask that we wear when we engage with the world. Does that make sense? It absolutely does. But at the same time, I like to believe that I am, that when people meet me, I'm giving my most genuine, authentic self. I'd like, I'd like to believe that. (laughs) However, comma, I know that sometimes I am going to be guarded until I'm really comfortable and have built a rapport. So we will get into what our ascendant signs and our, or our rising signs are. And as I look to see what mine is, I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now let's get into why it's called ascendant or rising. So Bianca, the sun rises in the east and sets in the west. We all kind of understand that. And so when we say rising sign, what we're referring to is what was on the eastern horizon at the exact moment of your birth. And so again, I'm not going to get back into the ecliptic and how all of this works with the Zodiac. You can go to the Zodiac episode in the simplest way of explaining it. Rising sign simply means what sign is at the eastern horizon at the moment of your birth. That's that's essentially what it means. And the reason it's called rising or ascendant is because it's re- it's referring to the sun's path and the way that it rises in the east and sets in the west. So that's the simplest explanation for that. I'm going to give you a little bit more here. Bianca, I'm in the article from shape.com and I'm now under the subheading your rising sign or ascendant. So it's a little bit, it's like two thirds of the way down. A couple of paragraphs here that I'm going to read for the benefit of the wanders. It says your rising sign is also another reason you'll want to dig up your birth certificate and get your birth time. You'll need it in order to cast your rising sign in your natal chart because it changes throughout any given day. The rising sign is the sign that was ascending, hence the ascendant, at the eastern horizon at the time of your birth. And in everyone's chart, the rising or ascendant rules the first house of self, which speaks to your personal brand, perspective on and approach to life, as well as early childhood. So that's the foundational definition of rising sign and ascendant. Now, Bianca, they referenced the houses and we did not cover that in depth during uh, the Zodiac episode. So I do want to explain that for the wonders as well. So the Zodiac has 12 houses and each house governs something different. So if you scroll up, Bianca, in this article on shape.com, they have a section on houses, which I will now read for the wonders. There are also 12 houses in your natal chart, each ruling a different part of your life. For example, the fourth house deals with your domestic life, security, and inner self, while the ninth house oversees long-distance travel, higher learning, adventure, and philosophy. By casting a chart that's based on your birth time, you can gauge which house each planet, luminary, 
or other features or points in the sky are located in your chart. And this will affect how each feature is expressed in your life. All right, Bianca, so I'm going to stop there and see what clarifying questions you have, because whatever questions you have, the wonders probably have too. I know, because you know I don't be knowing. Um, I'm actually, just as as we're talking, I'm, I'm just going back and reading my birth chart and thinking about how, again, the rising sign, knowing that that's how we kind of first present or the mask that we wear, how then that is different than our sun sign, because some people are like, oh, I can tell you're an Aries, or I can tell you're a such and such, um, meaning their sun sign. But if it's the rising sign that people are introduced to first, is that actually correct? So they can be duplicative. So, and mine Mm. is, so we'll get into this in a second. My sun is Aries, my moon is Scorpio, and my ascendant is Aries. So Uh in my situation, I'm what you would call a true Aries. My core Mm -hmm. identity is Aries and my mask identity is Aries. So if someone were to meet me, there's a correlation there, but they don't have to necessarily align in that way for every single Aries person. So my son is Capricorn, so mighty. Um, my rising is Aries, oddly enough, <laughs> and my moon is Leo. And I think I remember when we did the astrology episode, or maybe it was when we were talking about Scorpio, I was mentioning like my daughter, I think all three of hers, or at least two out of the three are Scorpio. And she bring that energy with her everywhere she goes. I am, I am fascinated by the fact that I have three different signs, just all speaking different things. But now Aries as ascendant or rising might make a little bit of sense. So Bianca, let's read the let's read our top line paragraph under mm-hmm. houses. It's on page 17. So what Bianca and I will do, we will share what our charts say about our ascendant signs. And Bianca, I'm just going to read my first paragraph on page 17, and then you can offer as much about yours as you want. So again, for reference, um, I am Sun Aries, Moon Scorpio, and Ascendant Aries. And here's what my chart says about my Ascendant Aries. People with Aries Ascendants are direct and quick. Their first instinct is to do rather than think. Planning ahead? Forget it. Aries Rising simply charges forward without much ado. This position does not make a person aggressive. Forthright? Yes, but aggression is too strong a word for these natives. They have a youthful, direct manner that sees what it wants and generally goes for it. At the same time, there isn't any malice in their intent. Some Aries rising people are competitive, but they generally put most of the pressure on themselves. These people love to come out ahead in all that they do. They get ready quickly walk quickly and have little patience for (laughs) dilly-dallying. Their temper is quick too. It's also quick to disappear. Rarely do Aries rising people hold grudges. Their mannerisms are rather simple and straightforward. Now, Bianca Ward, it's like they just pull my soul right on out of me and post it on the internet. (laughs) Isaiah Webster III. As I mentioned, my ascendant is also Aries. So as I am reading these same words with you, I'm like, damn, bitch. (laughs) That's you. I was once, a friend of mine once described me as a doer. She was like, Bianca, you are a doer. You just, you just do. And literally when it says the first instinct is to do rather than think, I'm like, that's me all the time. 
Um, and sometimes it gets me in trouble. Planning ahead, forget it. <laughs> because I am so focused on what that that end result is like just just getting in there and doing that. There are times where I do not um, think ahead. They get ready quickly, walk quickly, and have little patience for dilly-dallying. One thing I hate is waiting for other people. <laughs> I, I can't. This is, this is too much uh, reality on today. No, thank you. Try again. And so again, one, just go to CoStarAstrology.com to get your chart and to see what your sun moon and rising signs are and spend some time studying the houses and getting to learn how they influence our our personalities and our identity and i would just say bianca that this is a this is taking it to the next level you know as i mentioned on the zodiac episode you know if you just want to know your sun sign and you're like you know that's good enough for me you know that's there's nothing wrong with that but if you want a little bit of a deeper understanding of it do some digging into the moon and, and rising or the ascendance. It really gives you a depth of information about who you are and your personality. And more importantly, how other people see you. I have done my birth chart. And again, it doesn't change. I think the only thing that can change is maybe the source, Chani Nicholas. Is that her last name? When we read her book? Okay. When I did her birth, did my birth chart through her website, it was great because it correlated with with the book. So like you got a different level of, of depth and information. Um, I think CoStar is excellent because it's easily um, translatable, adaptable. Like you can just read it and understand. So I appreciate that. But ever since. Probably since meeting you, you got me all in my birth chart, just thinking and reflecting on my life. Oh, you get on my nerves, but I thank you, friend. In this week's All the Fields, we discuss the disposable Black love interests. Is it really a thing? We break it down and maybe even disagree. This is all your fault. <laughs> Before we even get into it, let me define for the wonders what the disposable Black love interest is. The disposable Black love interest functions as an obstacle along the way to the protagonist's real white love. Fundamentally, this trope is a form of tokenism and an attempt to check boxes of diversity without actually casting people of color in the main roles audiences are encouraged to identify with and care about. And just so we're clear, we're talking about the disposable Black love interest in, in television, film. I don't think I made that, that clear at first. You had sent me, I want to find it so I can read it. Because <laughs> this, this really the is your the bell fault. Meme. This, this saved by the bell meme, honey. And it took me down a rabbit hole. So Isaiah sent this picture from Saved by the Bell where Lisa Turtle is kissing Zach Morris and the caption says, baby, this Saturday morning, we were hyped for these two. The next Saturday, it was like they never happened. <laughs> So, which, <laughs> so then the comment said, who is going to talk about the disposable Black girlfriend trope? I was like, wait, that really is a thing. Then I started to do some digging and it has really been, um, there was an article that came out in Medium about it in like 2019 that really started to spark a lot of conversation. And since then there have been more articles, Reddit threads, and this even this really great video from The Take that literally breaks down the disposable black 
love interest, mm-hmm. how how frequently it comes up. It's like 22 minutes. We'll definitely share the link because I was watching and I was like, damn, they really showed and picked apart how often we saw these black love interests, these black characters on these predominantly white sh- or shit, all white shows that kind of <laughs> come in. <laughs> they're, they're perfect. However, comma, they're, they are not good enough to be the primary or or win the love of whatever white character. And then the white character usually goes back to the mediocre white whoever, right? I was fascinated. <laughs> I was fascinated. But they broke down, you know, they broke down also the kind of the 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 psychology behind well, not really the psychology behind it, but how often we as black folks, and I'll even say me as as a black woman, um, how we saw ourselves depicted in these in these shows as the disposable black love interest, although the black woman in the show checked all the boxes, were essentially perfect. However, they were never chosen in the end. It was a it was a time. I have so many thoughts. Um, <laughs> I'm going to see if I can, I should write them down so I don't forget. Number one, I, as I said to you in the, in our text chain, when you, when you say we're going to do this, I was surprised that you care because this, at the heart of this is really us Black folks being mad that we weren't chosen by the white person. And I, I was, I was endlessly fascinated that you of all people would give that any credence because where I sit is, <laughs> oh, you don't, you don't want this Black beauty right here. Get up, get the fuck out of my face. Fuck you. Go, go, go with whoever you want. I'm not trying to like convince you that you should pick me. Fuck you. Like, why, why do we care that the white people didn't pick us? That's, that's number one. Number two, when you say that they didn't want the black perfection and they settle for the white mediocre, while I generally agree that that's what's happening, mediocre to, to one person might be diamond to someone else. Like, Affairs of the heart, by definition, are not logical. People love who they love. They, you know, and and it doesn't, it it actually it never makes sense. You see people together and you're like, why are they with that person? They could, they could quote unquote do so much better. She's so much hotter than him, or he's so much hotter than her. I have said that myself a thousand times. But as someone who you know, has dated people and who's understand how the chemistry of relationships work. Sometimes you just like the way someone smells, the way they feel, the way they talk to you. And that's it. That's all. And so even though to outsiders, it might seem like, oh, well, you quote unquote settled or this person's mediocre compared to the perfect person that was trying to get your attention. You know what? That's not it, sis. Affairs of the heart don't make sense. They absolutely don't. But in real life and then in TV, it's even worse. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So then let's, let's, let's get, let's get back to the TV. So before, so let me ask you this, before I sent you that meme about Lisa Turtle and Zach Morris, had you ever noticed this before? Or did that just really just, was that the light bulb moment? Had you noticed before this trope of black love interests that they dangle, but that are never chosen? Um, yes, but I think that this, this took it to another level when they were really literally going down a line of all of the times that it's shown up. I think I've also, I think I also noticed 
in a lot of these shows, it's like there were no black characters anyway. And so one, when they did have a black person, they had to essentially be perfect, right? And check all of these amazing boxes and still couldn't win. I wonder if we're bringing some of our traumas into the situation. So Mm -hmm. no one told us we had to be perfect. Literally no one said that. Are we, is that, is that what we're reading into the situation? And I'm going to use an example from the take, which is the video you share from YouTube. So I think that the classic example is friends. Now I should say disclaimer. I never watched friends. I don't know. I don't understand why anybody (laughs) would watch that, but we're going (laughs) to, we're going to set that to the side for the purposes of this conversation. (laughs) Again, why watch friends when living single exists? Whatever. We're not not doing that today. We're not not doing that, Bianca. So on Friends, Ross, who was one of the main characters, tall white guy, who's like kind of like the alpha male of that show. I don't think this is giving away the end. I think him and Rachel had an ongoing romance for like the duration of the show. And I think they ended up together in the end, right? Again, I didn't watch. So Wonders, I apologize if this is y'all's, you know, if this was y'all's bag. Anyway, I believe that they ended up together, whatever. At some point throughout the show, at times they would bring on these other women for Ross to like date and make the, the the other girl jealous. So at one point they brought on Aisha Taylor, beautiful black actress, great comedian to come on. And I don't know how many episodes she was on, but you know, I knew about her because she was quote unquote, the only black friend. And, and so I knew her in that oh, context. I didn't understand the context of her being the love interest for Ross and making Rachel jealous. I mean, who cared about that part of it? However, to Bianca's point, This show called The Take, which we watched on YouTube, did a really deep dive on how Aisha's character was presented as flawless, yet in the end, Ross picks Rachel and not her. Now, what I would say, Bianca, is Ross loved Rachel all along. So whether Aisha's character was Black, white, or green, he was eventually going to go back to Rachel because that's where his heart was. And so all of this stuff in the in-between was just that. It was just stuff. And so you and the take are saying, oh, well, they're making the Black girl the disposable person. And where I'm coming from is, look, Ross was always going to end up with Rachel. And I don't know that he disposed her because she was Black. I think he just disposed of her because she wasn't (laughs) Rachel. Why did you say Black like that? You're so rude. But the point point that they also made um, was, yes, she was the only Black friend, right? And And on paper, she was perfect for him. And you're right. Yes, she was always going to choose Rachel. But then they also brought up, I can't think of the actress or or maybe her name on the show was Julie. The other, um, she was an Asian woman that um, they tried to get Ross to, but everybody hated her and they were literally booing her on the set. I was like, damn. (laughs) So, So it's not just the Blacks that they're trying to sprinkle in for people to hate. But I think it's, you know, a point that you made earlier in terms of like, why do we care? It's the clip that they also use is the one where with Olivia Pope and and Papa Pope, I just scandal, what a time when he was just telling her, like, you have to be twice as good. And that is what, again, trauma, et cetera, what we are taught, what we are ingrained to believe that we have to be twice as good in order to get half as much. And even though these white characters are mediocre, right? Just the fact that the love interest or whoever they bring in has to be so amazing, so perfect and check all these boxes and still 
not enough. But my question remains the same. Why do we care that the mediocre white guy didn't pick the hot black girl? Like, why do we care? Like, we don't we, we don't want a fabulous black woman. We don't want a black queen with some mediocre white guy. So now we mad <laughs> that the mediocre white guy didn't pick the black queen? What? But again, Scandal. <laughs> Did you watch Scandal? No, of course not. Why do I mean, we I mean, talk I mean, about I know, TV? I know the show. I know what it's about, but I didn't. I don't watch TV. What are we? Are we brand new today? We are. We are not. Oh my god, <laughs> we are not brand new today. Let's. They had a few examples where it showed up. Um, so we've already talked about Aisha Tyler and Friends, Blair Underwood, which I totally forgot that he was on uh, Sex in the City. Again, he, <laughs> he, oh, Blair, again, he's checking all the boxes. He's a doctor. He's handsome. He's this and this and this. But Miranda and was already, uh, Miranda yes. was already in love with Steve. I think, they, had they already had the kid at that point? I don't remember the don't, timeline. Remember. But again, yeah. I don't think it had less to do with Blair's character and more to do with the fact that she was in love with someone else. But I think it's, it's, so then we can ask why even, why even bring, because tokenism really is really why, because why are you even, saying you, are you saying you would have rather than bringing out another mediocre white guy for sure. have a, a little thing? Uh, Not, uh, and then, okay, so you can't have it both ways, Bianca. You've come to the show and you said the representation matters and we have a space in in pop culture and why don't we have more black and brown faces? And so then they bring in black and brown faces and now you're like, well, now I don't like the way you're bringing us in. So you could just keep the white people there. Yes, because think, then they're bringing them in, they're bringing us in to make us disposable to be here. They even mentioned, which was great, that sometimes these black characters are specifically written as unlikable or petty or mean-spirited or killed off um, for the audience to then also hate them. So if we can stick with Miranda for a second, because this is okay. a show and a character that I'm familiar with. Oh. I think I think that storyline was written to teach her a lesson. Because I think, I don't remember it specifically. I have to go back and watch. Because I think at the very end, Blair's character is written as the hero. Like he, the way that it, the story kind of arcs and ends is like he ends in a position of basically telling her off and telling her about herself and her feeling like, oh, I, you're right, I I. I did tokenize you. I did treat you in a way that made you feel like you were just my plaything. And I think that story arc was about Miranda coming to that realization. And I don't think it would have worked as well with uh, with another mediocre white guy. I think the whole, I think that only works because Steve was Steve and because Blair was playing this hunky black chocolate man. So like, there, I think there was some intentionality there, but I think in that instance, Miranda was being taught a lesson and her character was had to go through that to learn the lesson. I don't think that it was presented in any sort of like discarding way. I think it was presented, I think in that essence, Miranda's character was the one that was villain is too strong of word. I think her character was supposed to be seen as the one being taught a lesson. I could, I, I would have to go back and am I going to go back and rewatch? I don't know. Oh, Sex in the City. What a time. But I can see, I can see what you're saying. That is not often the case, though, where this um, this black character is is kind of the victor, <laughs> um, because even as they said, like they are they are meant to see they're just they are treated as as disposable or that they'll never that they'll never be enough. So the take set up this dichotomy just to stick with this Sex in the City 
uh, example. The take kept setting up this this dichotomy of Blair being hot and desirable and Steve just being mediocre, average and not interesting at all. <laughs> and what I found, what I think Steve's character and Blair's characters were equally appealing. I found both of them sexy and both of them hot. So this goes back to what I was saying to you before. The people at the take thought Steve was boring and uninteresting. That is not how I see Steve. I think Steve, I think of all the men in Sex and the City, Steve is probably the sexiest one. So it just depends on the prison through which you're looking at it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I yeah. think he's I think he's better than Mr. Big. I think he's better than, um, um, what's Charlotte's husband? Um, oh, I, I forget his name. Um, of all of the men, I would pick Steve out of all the men on the show. <laughs> of course you would. <laughs> she would i i like what they had mentioned though i think another interesting spin or that they put on it was when they talked about lisa turtle and and saved by the bell they were like she don't get anybody at all except screech <laughs> but apparently screech had the biggest stick so maybe she won I don't, I don't know i don't know i don't know i don't know what we're doing <laughs> Didn't he do like porn for a second? Oh, may he rest. We he absolutely, he absolutely did. But he is he is departed. So may he rest. But yes, he did do porn, and he wrote a book. Now, um, <laughs> maybe we can review the book later. But supposedly, some of the book was made up. But he he put all their business out there. Apparently, Elizabeth Berkeley was dating one of the producers. All the cast oh. were sleeping together. Apparently, Zach. I'm going to use their show names. Yeah. Zach and Lisa were dating in real life, and the white girls were mad. It was a big old really? mess. Girl, get into it. Because then I went down a Lark Voorhees uh, rabbit hole <laughs> yesterday as well. Because it's one of those, oh, whatever happened to. She, and had, I, she had a break. Yeah. She had a mental break. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And also speaks very openly, which is great about her mental health diagnosis and, and treatment and such. Did you but, know she was also on The Bold and the Beautiful? Shut up. No. I forgot. Yes, she about was. The Lork Varhees was also had a recurring character on the bowl and the beautiful. Y'all need to stay, stay woke, y'all. <laughs> Literally, stay woke. <laughs> Two other things that they mentioned in the take was that um just even in the in the casting, even in the way that they cast black some of these black characters in terms of they talk about colorism, which we talked about on was that the blackity black black episode? I don't know, maybe, but um, even in the casting, that if they're going to cast a a Black love interest, like the proximity to whiteness in terms of what they look like is also is also important. They even mentioned, which happened in Scandal, that when another Black love interest is introduced, that they might not even choose them, that they'll still choose the white man, i.e. Olivia Pope had um, that sexy brother, I can't think of his name, um, who checked all of the boxes, loved the security him for guard? Oh, no, I'm, no. Now I'm getting, um, no, that's Viola Davis and How to Get Away with Murder. Because <laughs> remember, she was, was anyway, it's all. Anywho, I don't, why? You don't watch TV. Uh, <laughs> And now she then leaves him to go back to to Fitz, right? So they they still can't win. But wait, wait, wait! Wasn't Fitz literally the president of the United yeah. States? So you yeah. you can't get better than she was always going to pick him because you can't top that. But he was a mess and didn't even. Oh God, he was a fucking. <laughs> he was a mess. But 
the point that they were making is now, now we are seeing more intentional also black and black love <laughs> on screen, more representation. Uh, they talked about uh, Issa Rae and Insecure or just being intentional about people of color and love with other people of color. And so that we don't have to be seen as disposable or this kind of stumbling block in order for them to get back to that white person that they wanted in the first place that you said they already loved. So this, I understand the point you're making, but now, now we're in a situation where, you know, oftentimes these secondary love interests are, are these like, um, what do you call them in real life? We call them, um, uh, rebounds. So the mm. rebound character is usually only going to be on this. If you're doing a TV show, the rebound character is only going to be on for a few episodes and then they're off. So are you saying that people of color shouldn't be considered for these roles that we should give these roles to white actors and actresses? Cause that's what you're, cause, cause if we, if we say that we're going to consider color in in casting the rebound roles, you know, this is potentially spots that could otherwise go to us that will now just go to white people. Or maybe we flip it and we make Black characters the the lead roles and make some of these white characters disposable. We have seen on occasion like a Black show where they bring in a white or a non-Black love interest. Do you remember on Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I think the guy was, he may have been Latino, but somebody brought, was it... um uh, Hillary. At one point on Fresh Prince, Hillary Banks brought home a white man and everyone mm-hmm. didn't know. Cause remember, do you remember, you remember the episode? So the guy walks in a black, this really hunky black guy walks in carrying the luggage and everyone thought that that's who it was, but he was actually like the cab driver. <laughs> it so wasn't then, Hillary. It was the aunt. It was, it was, right. it was one of the aunts. That one was, of, one yes, of Viv's yes, sisters. Yes. Yes. So in other words, we have seen occasions where a Black show with a Black cast will do this in reverse. They'll bring in like a love interest that is not, you know, Black, and then they'll have the little, obviously there's a lot of like anxiety that's built in there. But Mm -hmm. I feel like that's a lot less rare. I feel like on Black shows, there's a less of an inclination to bring in non-Black characters just for a show or two. Like, why are we doing that? This is a Black show. It gives very, uh, guess who's coming to dinner is when, <laughs> is when they're doing it. So yeah. it, it yeah. really only works. I think these Black characters, are only the only reason Aisha Taylor was on Friends is because they had run the focus groups. They had realized the show was too white and they were like, we got to figure out a way to get some more color on this show. And obviously you can't just make a whole Black friend out of like nothing. They had to figure out a way to get her on. And so mm-hmm. the easiest way to get her on was to make her a love interest of one of the characters. Yeah, they actually made her the love interest of both of the characters, Ross and Joey, which I didn't and, even realize. And am I to understand you that neither one of them picked her? <laughs> or neither quote unquote picked her. Now, and again, <laughs> just the language that we use. Yeah. I'm just going to say yeah. this one last time. Yeah. I, I don't even like the words that we're using here. So like, we're literally saying that neither of the white men picked her. Like, why can't we say that she didn't pick them? Like, I, the whole way that we think about it doesn't sit well with me because I don't like the idea that she has to be presented as something to be yes. chosen and waiting for some white guy to say, you're you're it. Fuck that whole narrative. Why exactly. can't the narrative be, she didn't pick either one of them? But that's not, yes, exactly that. Why isn't that the narrative? Because that's definitely not how it's, how it was written. That's, that's not how they're, that's not how they're writing it exactly. And they talked about on the take that it was 
episode season 13 of the bachelor a bachelorette where they got a black woman season 25 oh, before they had the a black man i absolutely can't believe the child care about that foolish. that is so that stupid hope, it's made up it's completely bachelor, made up bachelorette shit is mess when you were when you were in the rabbit hole could you find anywhere where aisha talks about this i would love 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 to know what she thinks about mm. she must have talked about her experience on I'm friends sure. at some point I think because I think she talked about it when she was on one of the hosts on the talk, right? Didn't she talk about it then? Mm, I don't know. I don't watch the talk. I, I That's do. just a second rate view. <laughs> I cannot with you. So wonders, as always, we want to know what you think. The disposable black love interest. What? 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 What is that? What is that about? Why? Just why? But in the meantime, you know what Bianca's gonna do? She don't keep watching shows where black people are the <laughs> are the main characters and loving up on each other. Cause that that's true. That's that's what I gotta do. I love that. The world is more than just he and she. So what you gotta do this week is embrace the non-binary and put some respect on those pronouns. I learned yesterday via the LinkedIn, which is where I'm getting a lot of my um, really good information. I know you're not like big on the LinkedIn, but it has really become a place and space of, for me, uh, learning. Um, but on the LinkedIn, I learned that last week was Non-Binary Awareness Week. And so, you know, we're usually good on this here show to make sure that the wonders know about the awareness days and the months and the things that they can be more informed about to better their uh, human experience. <laughs> we'll say that, human experience. So for those who don't know, we're going to kick off with a definition. And this actually, there was a cute little guide um, from Oprah Daily. It's a little bit dated, I think, about non, what does it mean to be non-binary. And so the definition that I believe one of the psychologists um, contributed to the conversation was non-binary means existing or identifying outside the sex gender binary, neither man or woman, or being partially or a combination of these things. That then, of course, sent me down a rabbit hole. Do, 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 do. That's the, hold on. That's the rabbit hole sound effect that Mahalo and I came up with. <laughs> and anytime we make that sound, doo -doo 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 -doo, that's us falling down the hole. <laughs> so um, using Wikipedia, they had just a whole list of different terms, different definitions of what... Um, just literally the spectrum of terms, definitions, and identities of non-binary or gender queer folks. Do you have it up? Are you familiar with any of these? Agender, bigender, demigender? What are your thoughts? I, I do have it up. I have a problem with the definition that you offered the wanders into the space because I think that the definition that you offered is where we go off the rails because I think mm. that it conflates a couple of things. I'm going to reread, if you don't mind, Bianca, the definition that you provided from Oprah Daily. So the definition you read said non-binary means existing or identifying outside the sex slash gender binary, neither man nor woman, or being partially or a combination of these things. 
My, I take exception to the way that they phrase sex slash gender binary. And this is where I think the confusion begins. You know, I, I get into these Twitter fights with idiots. And one time I had a really long, days long Twitter battle with someone who could not understand that sex and gender were different things and that there were two sexes, but that there could be an infinite number of genders. And they just could not wrap their head around that concept. And I think it's hard to know if they were, if it was an honest misunderstanding or if they were just being obtuse because they were an idiot. But I think a lot of people struggle with that concept, Bianca, because we have a tendency to conflate sex and gender. Gender is not a binary. And in that definition that you read, it says, it literally says sex slash gender binary. That does not exist. And so I wanted to, if I may, just correct that definition. I don't know who offered it. It's wrong. <laughs> so how there, would you define? There are two sexes. There are an infinite number of genders because gender, just like race, is a social construct and it has nothing to do with biology. But isn't, wouldn't uh, intersex be considered a third sex? No. <laughs> that would be my shortest that may be my shortest response ever <laughs> intersex people are individuals with born born with any of several sex characteristics including chromosome patterns gonads genitals they do not fit typical binary notions of male or female bodies so so this is going to be one of the situations where you're going to offer your view and i'm going to offer mine. <laughs> I, I, I love it. I, I'm not going to get into. I'm not going to get into you whether or not your wiki links are accurate. I say I what just, I said, I'm, and I'm not taking it back. And um, and you know, it is what it is. But I just want. I did want to correct that because I think that that is where I think that's where it goes off the rails. Um, and oftentimes I think when people say gender, they're really they really mean sex. Mm. And I just think we need to be super super clear about that. So when we're talking about sex, we're talking about sex, and when we're talking about gender, we're talking about gender and gender. I think is where the vast majority of the terms that we're going to talk about next is where they come into play. So I, um, at Black Pride, I went to um, a panel called Pots, Pots, Pans, and Pronouns. This It was a really great discussion. And one of the panelists offered, um, sex is, what, is what's between your legs and gender is what's between your ears, meaning your brain and how you see and feel and identify yourself. I love that. I love that. Yeah. I would, now I would co-sign that. Yes. So that is how I have been moving through, moving through it. So if we go back to intersex, since you raised it, when mm -hmm. we think about intersex and the way, if we think about that, if we think about sex between your legs and gender between your ears, an intersex person, the way that it's going to work, the reason I said no to you earlier is because mm -hmm. if we apply that standard to an intersex person, whatever they see, whatever they interpret what they see, that's where they're going to assign the sex. If you apply what you just said mm -hmm. to the intersexed body. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. why I said no when you asked me that question, because they literally, it's an either or, and they, and it's usually based on just what you look like. If I'm, if I'm being, you know, crass. <laughs> <laughs> or what was assigned. And then the, 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 um, conflict that I, I hear sometimes is that in, an intersex person might be assigned a sex at birth based on their well, parents, but might grow up not aligning with 
set assigned. 100%. Set. It's mm-hmm. definitely an assignment. But what I'm, my point is that the assignment is based on what you look like at birth. So they literally look at you. Oh, you have a penis or you have a vagina or we can't tell. So we're going to go with one or the other. It's an assignment, but the assignment is 100% based on appearance. Mm. Because they can't mm-hmm. ask you. There's, there's nothing else <laughs> for them to go on. <laughs> What they do is ask the parents and then the parents decide and that then is Fair. also a problem. <laughs> but anyway, I'm sorry. To, I'm sorry. We were in a round. No, hole. this is, this is, do, 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 do. <laughs> can you please, can you find that sound effect? Oh my God, you should find that sound effect. You do your fancy editing and that's the. <laughs> can we get back on task? Okay. So let's just go into, I'm just going to mention a few of the different, um, definitions or identities and some that I had hadn't heard of. So agender um, people, a meaning without, also called genderless, gender-free, non-gendered, or ungendered are those who identify as having no gender or gender identity, which makes sense. Um, Bi-gender or dual gender people have two gender identities and behavior. Identifying as bi-gender is typically understood to mean that one identifies as both male and female or moves between masculine gender expression and feminine gender expression. Demigender people identify partially or mostly with one gender and at the same time with another gender. Um, there are several subcategories of the identity. A demi boy or demi man, for example, identifies as at least partially with being a boy or a man. And then pangender, poly or polygender, people have multiple gender identities. Some may identify as all genders simultaneously. So gender fluidity. And the last one, xenogender, is an umbrella term for gender identities that are described with terms outside standard human understandings of gender. What I appreciate about these conversations that that we are having when it comes to gender, gender identity, gender fluidity is that is forcing people to have conversations. It's, it's, it's forcing folks to learn. And I think it is giving people a level of freedom and identity that I don't know if we really had before in the same way. So for example, um, one of the stats that, that I had pulled up said a 2020 survey by the Trevor Project found that 26% of LGBTQ youth ages 13 to 24 in the United States as identify as non-binary. I love the youth. I love that they <laughs> really are creating and becoming and leaning into their own in a way that I don't think I had seen before. When I was a a kid, I don't, I don't think I, so many years ago, (laughs) it was, the world was just very black and white. It was just boy and girl and that's it. And now we can have conversations about what it means to be non-binary. Noah and I were watching something. We were watching the Met Gala uh, red carpet. And um, I can't think of his name right now. He's the the hair and skin. Um, they're the hair and skin person on Queer Eye. Um, Is it Love Roach? Van Ness. Is oh, it Jonathan? Sorry. Jonathan I'm a, Van Ness? I'm a whole other person. 
So we're watching and they have on a gown, right? And, and Noah says to me, he used the pronoun he, he was like, is he trans? And I was like, no, they're non-binary. And so I was able to kind of explain to explain to Noah what that meant. And Noah was like, oh, okay. <laughs> and just kind of kept going, like watching the show or whatever. But one, representation. And two, the idea that, again, going back to young people, that they're able to have the space to define who they are. You, you know where my mind goes? It's, it's, it's fascinating to me that a cis man can put on a dress and suddenly be non-binary because you wear pants all the time. You're probably wearing pants right now. <laughs> And it's just beyond him. I am. <laughs> so like what, if I'm being brutally honest, what bothers me the most about clothes is that some clothes are identified with women. And so therefore when mm-hmm. men wear them, their, their gender expression has to change. I'm just going to use myself as an example. Mm-hmm. I am a cis gay man. And if I choose to put on a dress, I wouldn't say that my, that I'm non-binary. I'm just a, a queen in a dress. <laughs> It's like some sometimes an article of clothing is just an article of clothing. And it's a shame that clothes can't just be clothes. Yes. Yes. And but I yes. And it's I think it's also beyond the clothes. Right. I think it's it's really being able to lean into the idea that you don't that a person doesn't have to fit into one or the other. And I just, I, I don't know, for me, there's an appreciation in that because I think we've just been taught for so long that it is this way or that. And that's why for some, it might be shocking to see um, the amazing Billy Porter in, in a gown. <laughs> as we've seen quite a few times. <laughs> Um, because it's just not, I think just now that I think we're just coming to, to a space where there is, or, or men with their, with nail polish or, um, and we, I mean, that's not, I mean, that's not, I mean, girl, these nails are painted constantly, but I don't see, I mean, this goes back. That's not in my, I'm look, I say Mm -hmm. that is not anything extraordinary it's not non-binary it's just fingernail polish no not 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 in the binary aspect of it right but did you grow up seeing it I don't like men wearing fingernail polish yes Mm, I can't say that I I grew up seeing it but I didn't grow up seeing men kiss and have sex together but I leaned (laughs) into that so like I don't for me it's not you don't have to see it to know that it exists or to know that it's a real thing so no it's not something I observe but in the same way I didn't observe my sexuality in the church I didn't need to observe it I still knew that it was fully present and fully real sorry to cut you off no I mean that's a good point but I think that there is something empowering about seeing it I think that that's I think that's the point that I'm making that we have now in a way that we didn't that we didn't before that how again being able to see reflections of of ourselves or how we identify or how we feel in mainstream media or in our neighborhoods or even in our church I think that there is something to 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 celebrate in that 
I wanted to share with Wonders, uh, with the Wonders, because this was actually um, in the original post that I had seen um, celebrating or talking about Non-Binary Awareness Week. One of the 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 asks or the call to action was to um, lean into non-binary inclusive language, and you know how we feel about language on this show. So binary language, he, she, non-binary inclusive would be he, she, they. There's also Z, am I, there's, I feel like there's a few others that I am not hip to. He, she, they, I know very well though. Can I jump in for a quick question? Sure. I, we have a list here. Mm-hmm. When you see a person and they have their pronouns listed and they have he, him, they, what, what are we doing? Giving telling people how you would like to be referred. Okay, why not just Uh put they? I think it's to be able to say, if you refer to me as he, it's okay. Okay, back to your list. (laughs) Uh, Binary is open to both genders. Non-binary language would be open to all genders. Um, Instead of ladies and gentlemen, honored guests. I have also, heard gentle they <laughs> ladies gentlemen and gentle they I was like I might use that that's kind of cute <laughs> instead of dear sir slash madam um to whom it may concern which I actually that's how I do kind of my cold emails anyway because I never know like why I don't want to assume period mother instead of mothers and fathers inclusive language would be parents caregivers or guardians, Um, binary language, brother, sister, non-binary inclusive language, sibling, binary language, men and women, Um, inclusive language would be people or everyone. Thoughts. I love it when you, (laughs) I want more of the wonders of your face. (laughs) So as you know, I don't have pronouns in my, in my signature block. You know, that's a big thing right now with particularly progressive folks. I have always felt like trying to keep track of everyone's pronouns, particularly, and to recall them when they're not directly in front of you can be very, very hard. When you read through the list of gender kind of like options that people can pick, I mean, my eyes kind of glazed over. And I think it's important for me to say into this mic that I am someone who's very familiar with this. So Mm -hmm. if you are not someone who spends a whole lot of time thinking about gender, I can about imagine how confused you'd be trying to figure out what all that shit means. So here's here's where here's my question. Your name you your name is Bianca. You prefer to be called and known as Bianca. So while you probably have a a, a pronoun preference and you probably have a gender preference and all the rest, if I just say Bianca. To me, that's the safest thing to do. I don't have to remember Mm -hmm. what your pronoun is. I don't have to remember what your gender preference is or gender identity is, because if I'm being candid, I don't care really. (laughs) So (laughs) why can't I, why can't I just call you Bianca and let the, and let the rest go? I think you can do that. I think it's also, I think you can do that full stop. However, I want you to care. I think it's, I think there's. I, I know, I, because I, it, takes, it, takes up, it takes up far too much. It takes up far too much 
space in my head. And I'm surprised that you care out of all those options on the gender fluid, gender queer, gender this, gender that. Who who can recall all of that once you're beyond like two or three people? That you're asking a whole lot of a stranger. <laughs> I am asking people though to respect pronouns and how folks are asking you to refer to them. I hear you. If I if I tell you I do not want to be called Bianca. Do not oh, call me Bianca. But everyone has a, well, I shouldn't say that because who knows, but I, most people have a name that they're comfortable being called by. Mm-hmm. So then I think it's say, well, what would you like me to call you? And if you say, call me they, yeah. then then essentially your name becomes they. So I'm, I'm still calling you by your name. So I think you call people what they want to be called, obviously. Mm-hmm. I, I fully co-sign that. But I don't, I don't get into the business of trying to remember pronouns. And I'm, I really try to condition myself to not use them at all, which is hard mm. because you, it's, it's very easy to sink into the, the he, she, they, but if it's, it's, you know, you really have to train your mind to always use the name of the person. So in some ways, some people might say that's even harder than trying to recall the pronoun, particularly if it's a he, she, they, because those are kind of like the understood ones. But once we get beyond that, and if, folks have other pronouns. It's like, and then you're in a group of people, you and I facilitate groups. Mm-hmm. Let's say we're in a group of 16 people, unless they have a name tag or unless you've written it down, there is absolutely no way to recall the pronouns of everyone, particularly if they are not consistent with what your eye sees. So like, mm-hmm. I don't even, I don't even get into all that. You're Bianca, you're Joe, you're Elizabeth or whatever you tell me your name is. Cause that's it. That's all. <laughs> I am I am asking you and the wonders to flex then. <laughs> the reason why we have this, the reason why we have this show and we have this got to do is to just um, to be able to bring folks more information and more awareness. I think that there is so much. This is what evolution is, right? Like we are literally evolving beings. And in that we are asking we are being clear about who we are, how we want to be identified, how we are showing up in the world. And for the folks who don't understand, there's so many resources to, to learn you a little something. I think it's, I don't think it's, it's sad when people just choose to just walk through the world ignorant and just not give a damn, as opposed to, let me take a minute to, let me read this article. Let me find out what is an alternative to what I have always been saying that is more respectful to the people and the folks I'm interacting with. Full stop. Did you just call me ignorant and walking through the world and not getting a damn? Because we can have a whole, you already, you we can have you a fourth didn't... segment about you and your language and your assumptions and your verbal attack on me on this show. You're welcome. And <laughs> we can definitely do that because I think some people will be like, well, I don't care. I don't give a fuck. And I'm just not gonna, I'm just, I'm just not like, I'm just choosing to just not. And I think it's one thing to say, I don't understand. So let me go and take a moment to, to Google something to, to learn just a little more. I reject that in its entirety. And I'm going to tell you this for the last time. It is in no way disrespectful or demeaning to you to call you by your damn name. Now, now we, we, have, we have reached a point where I have to do more than that. And I have to invest more in a person and to recall more about a person than what their fucking name is. 
Absolutely not, Bianca. That I reject that in its entirety. There is nothing wrong with me calling you Bianca or the name that you choose to be called. Right. It is a it is a it is a complete stretch and a complete additional ass to tell me. In addition to remember my name, I would also like for you to recall my pronoun and my gender identity in addition to that, because that that makes me feel completely seen. You are asking for a, a for a lot, lot. And I think that's that's just my view on it. Now, I think it's important for people to have their identities and, and obviously they mean something to them. I, I carry quite a few identities. It is not incumbent upon people who don't know me intimately or closely to recall those or to even care about them. That is, what are we doing? What what so, are we doing? <laughs> and you just and you just you just said something. Um, but are you willing to do it for people that you know intimately? That's a separate conversation from I think the one that we're having. The answer is obviously yes, but intimately okay. it's like less than the people less than five people on my hand. So, <laughs> so that's, that's not even a conversation. Like, I don't, like, I don't, I don't need a chart to know what Ed's pronouns and gender identity is. It's, I just know. <laughs> because you took the time to know. Well, because you again, were invested in knowing. Yes, but I'm not sleeping with everybody. So like, it's not <laughs> about who you <laughs> I think, you know what, I'm going to say this in a succinct way. And I realize that this may not be a popular point of view. People think that because they have an identity that's important to them, or they have an identification that's important to them, they think that it's important to other people. It is not. It is not important to other people at all. I don't give a fuck what your gender identity is. I don't give a fuck what your pronouns is. I barely care what your name is. <laughs> and I think that sometimes people get get hung up. They really get hung up. Well, why don't why don't people understand that this is important to me? I appreciate that that's important to you. You need to appreciate that it is not important to me. And that is not, I'm not putting you down. I'm not making you a second-class person. I respect you fully. I just don't need to be, I don't need to know all that. <laughs> Your name is Bianca. I respect you as Bianca. That's it. That's all. That's, now look, that's it. That's all. I said it, not taking it back. I know you're not. <laughs> Send your complaints to Ward and website gmail.com. Please. Ooh, wonders. As we get ready to wrap up, we have a wonderism uh, next week. <laughs> and, and if what Isaiah says um, burns your bridges or makes your knuckles itch, <laughs> we want to hear about it. Let's get up. Let's recap and get on out of here. That's you. <laughs> So recapping, you need to know, what you need to know is that the ascendant is about the mask that you wear. The rising sign is really the, the barrier that you erect to let people know you a little bit, but not too much, but it is absolutely a part of your personality. And you should get to know that part of your personality as a part of your full chart, sun, moon, rising. That's what you got to know. What you got to feel is that we don't need our Black queens and our Black kings out here trying to turn the heads of these mediocre white people. If they don't get picked, that's fine. It simply means that the universe has something better in store for them. And what you got to do is research these pronouns, put them on your name tags and in your signature blog. Let everybody know what your gender identity is because people absolutely 100% care. <laughs> Are you reading with us? 
And you're fucking happy by Monica Sweeney. It's a book and a journal. And next week we'll be doing both. So you got one more week to write something down in that book because on July 29th, we will be discussing it right here at this iconic podcast. Also next week, as Bianca just mentioned, we have a Wanderisms edition. This is where we respond to listener mail comments and complaints about me and how unwoke I am. Send those into wardenwebster.gmail.com and we will cover them. Guess what, y'all? We got some threads. Thank you, Bianca. You can now follow us on threads at Ward and Webster. And we might be putting some, it's not tweets. We start a thread on threads. We do threads. I have, I, I am still trying to figure out how it works. I don't know. <laughs> I just, I put I, two messages. We'll see what happens. I think thread is the verb. I think we're going to be threading. We'll be threading. We'll be threading. Okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll do that. Uh, you can find new episodes of this iconic podcast every Saturday morning at wardenwebster.com. And if you need to write that down, that's wardenwebster.com. Anything before we go, Miss Ward? <laughs> I feel like people are going to hate me after today. I hope they do. <laughs> I hope they just come back for me and fast forward every time you speak. I love it. But as part owner of this year's show... <laughs> You're entitled to your own shit nanigans and tomfoolery. Um, one last thing I'd like to say is welcome to the new wonders. We have some some new folks that are, are trickling in. I don't know where they've been the past 100, the first 125 episodes, but they're here now and we welcome them. You know who you are. Thank you for listening. <laughs> On that note... <laughs> I am Bianca. My pronouns are she, her. Ward. (laughs) And I'm Isaiah Webster. I don't use pronouns, but I love you all the same. We'll see you next week. Bye.